Thank you. Uh, you know, is is I know someone special celebrated a birthday this week, Friday. Did you get lots of flowers? Did you get some roses? You know, and, and as women, a lot of us think, you know, roses are beautiful. They're, they're, uh, they reflect passion and love, and they're just beautiful. They're beautiful flowers. And sometimes the men don't find that they're very beautiful. They think they're a waste of money. They die very quickly. And just like, just like some men, sometimes I don't see the value in things that are valuable. Now, that's just the reality. I can forget that every day, take time for example, every day is a precious gift of 86,400 seconds. See, once we spend it, we can never get it back. A.W. Tozier says, time is our most valuable commodity because it's limited. He goes on to say, time is a non-renewable, non-transferable resource. You can't store it, we can't slow it, we can't divide it, we can't give it. You can't hoard it and save it for a rainy day. When it's lost, it's unrecoverable. When you kill time, remember, it has no resurrection. See, time is valuable. Um, it's in, and when we think about that, you know, we always think, well, if only I had more time. You know, when things settle down, I'll have more time, or if only I managed my time better. But today, as, a, as I share this, I just uh, want us to really think, maybe our issues aren't time management issues. Maybe they're value issues. And today, as I was preparing, you know, and I was thinking about this, a lot of times when we hear a message, we're thinking, man, if only so-and-so were here, this message would really be great for them. Okay, today, I want each of us to just listen to this and apply it to ourselves, because sometimes that's really hard to do. It's so easy to think, well, they need to apply that. Well, you know, when I was doing this, I want you to know I lived this message the last three weeks, and it was painful. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, God is so, so good to, to just point out some truths in my life and I pray that these speak to you as well. So, you know, I, I talked about, you know, our values. So what's, what's, what are our values? What's important to us? You know, and I pray as Pastor Buddy has been sharing, you know, about reading God's word, that our values are what God values. So our values are what I believe. What I value. Okay. So I value, I'm just going to write down a couple, my health. For any of you who have been ill, you value your health. I value my family. Family is a priority for me. I I hope it is for you. And God, God has first place in my life. Well, sometimes what I believe and how I live don't always line up. See, sometimes I'm unhealthy. I don't always eat like I should. I don't exercise like I should. Lord knows I don't sleep like I should. Uh, you know, sometimes my job, whoops, if I could spell, and uh, just different tasks take, take first place. They take priority over my family. And sometimes God gets the leftovers. And what happens is what I believe and how I live, they collide and they cause these stress fractures in our lives. You know, when how we live and what we believe don't go together. And I think it's one of the greatest sources of stress in our life is when, when what I believe and how I spend my time don't go together. So, and you know, when, when this happens, this causes relational wrecks in our lives. You know, these stress fractures of what I believe and how I live.
So I have this, uh, you know, as, as we talked about, these roses, they're really pretty here. You know, and like a rose, the relationships in our lives are the most precious things. They're the most valuable things in our lives are our relationships. But when we're, when we're going at 100 miles an hour, sometimes what we do is we put our relationships in the deep freeze. And, you know, we, we move at the speed of light and we expect our relationships to be beautiful and bountiful. But the reality is our relationships don't move at the speed of light. They move at the speed of life. Relationships take time. Uh, you know, and when we stop living for our values, our relationships suffer. In fact, they're one of the first things to suffer. See, and our relationships can become fragile and brittle. And on the outside, everything looks great. But on the inside, they just, they're, they're broken. They're fragile. They're susceptible. And that's what happens in our lives. When we don't, when what we believe and how we live is in this collision. And, and not only does it cause emotional, uh, relational wrecks, it causes emotional crashes. I'll take my mouth. Sorry. Can't do both. I'll choke on it. And, and some things in our lives can expand our joy and our passion for life. They can fill us up. See, our emotions, you know, they can be full or they can be empty. And we put our emotions in this relational and this values vacuum. We find out, oh, I'm not going to, you don't have to plug your ears, Aunt. <laughs> when what I believe doesn't match what I live, we have nothing left. We're, we're fried. Our emotions are, are no good. And what we have left is nothing. It's empty. See, when our emotions go, we basically shrivel up. We have nothing to give. We face burnout. And some of you are facing burnout right now. Your emotions are a mess. But see, the great thing is God wants to restore you. He wants to restore your joy and your passion for love, for life. He wants to fill you up and he wants to restore you. So how do we survive these values vacuums? Because face it, we're, we all face these. We face these every day. So how do we survive these? And that's what I want to share with you today. Let's see if I can get my clicker. So if you would turn to your Bibles to Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42, we're going to see Jesus come face to face with a values collision. As Jesus and his disciples were on, were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So what would you do if you found out that Jesus Christ was coming to your house for dinner tonight? I think some of you would actually get up and you would leave right now. You would think, my house is a mess. I don't have anything to eat. Some of you might actually stay, but in your mind, you're thinking, oh my gosh, I got to get this. I got to do that. What can I cook? I have no idea. Oh my gosh. So you'd already start. See, and that's how Martha was. She had a meltdown when she discovered the Lord Jesus Christ was coming to her house for dinner. But see, Mary is living the message that we're talking about today. It said she sat at his feet and listen to every word. See, she connected with the God who created her. 
And the answer to our values collision is having a values connection. See, our values will either connect or they will collide. Now, before we're too hard on Martha, she was doing a good thing. She was preparing dinner for the Lord. But sometimes the worst enemy of great is good. We can do a lot of good things and miss out on our purpose for life. See, Mary was doing the best thing. See, when we have a values connection, it connects our emotions and our relationships. When my time and my values are going the same direction, they are connected. They're not, we don't have those stress fractures that we talked about. See, we're either, we're either connecting or we're colliding. And if you're colliding, you're stressed out, you're overwhelmed, you're anxious. But if our values are connected, we're at peace and we're fulfilled. So how do we, how do we connect? How do we connect our values? Well, the first point is to realize the beauty of connection. And like, this, like the rose that I talked about, see, so many times we're so busy in life that we don't stop. I know you've heard this, stop to smell the roses. Okay, but really, how many of us actually stop and enjoy the life that we have? I know there are things to do, but, you know, we need to stop and make time. And we need to ask a very important question. What's the question? What's the very important question? We need to ask, maybe. Why? Why am I doing this thing? Why am I not living for my values? Why am I doing things that really aren't important to me? Oh, sorry, my bad. Uh, you know, we need to ask, how does this match up with my values? And you know what your values are. If you don't know, maybe you need to write them down and really pray about, God, what's important to me? What really, you know, gives me meaning and fulfillment in my life? See, the truth is, no one is holding a gun to our head, forcing us to choose. We're choosing ourselves. And if we don't ask the question, why? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this project? Why am I spending so much time on this one thing? And we're just going to plow through life, and we're going to end up crashed and burned out. We are going to experience a time crunch, but it's not really going to be a time crunch. It's going to be about our values. And when we ask why, it helps recalibrate my values and my time. It helps me to really focus again on what's important in my life. So let's go back to Luke chapter 10. And in verse 41, it says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. See, there are a lot of things that I can spend my time on, but there's only one thing that's, that's really going to last, and that's relationships. My relationship with God and my relationship with others, that vertical relationship with my creator and that horizontal relationship with those around me. So here's a question. What would you do if you found out you had 10 minutes to live? I want you to really think about that. What would cross your mind if you thought, I only have 10 minutes to live? What would you do? See, in 9-11, a lot of times we hear, never forget, never forget. And I think the point is that we never forget what those people uh, did in the last few minutes of their lives. Those that could find phones, you know, they called loved ones. They called their spouses and loved ones to say, I love you one last time. They called their parents to say, thank you. I love you one last time. They called their children to say, I'm so proud of you. I love you one last time. 
They called best friends to say, I love you one last time. So they didn't call to see how much was in their account. They didn't call to say, hey, I'm not going to make that meeting today. They didn't call to reschedule a hair appointment. You know, it's true. I'm I'm telling the truth, right? I'm going to miss that. You know, they, it really, imminent death has the power to clarify our values. It helps us to see things the way that they truly are. You know, and it makes you stop and think, why did I waste so much time? Why didn't I spend more time doing, you know, spend more time with my family, doing things that really mattered? You know, not just doing tasks with them, but doing life with them. You know, why didn't I serve God more diligently? Why didn't I give him my whole heart? Why didn't I invest in that relationship with him? You know, and I thought about when I was doing this, uh, the girls were in college, and that was when the shootings happened at Virginia Tech. And, um, and I thought, you know, and I called them, and they weren't at Tech, so I knew that they were okay, but just the thought that that could happen where they were kind of freaked me out. And, uh, you know, I talked with them, but just like this is talking about, I wanted to connect with them. It wasn't enough for me to talk to them. I got in the car the next morning, and I drove up to see Krista in Fredericksburg, and then I, I stayed with her for about an hour, and then I drove out to Stanton, and I stayed with Jocelyn for about an hour, and then I drove home because I needed to connect with them. I needed to be with them because they're of great value to me. Um, you know, but it's, it's uh, you know, imminent death, like I said, has the power to clarify. And it's really easy for me to stand up here and say, you know what, at the end of your life, you're going to have all this clarity and you're going to know what you should have done with your life and you're going to know uh, what you should and shouldn't have done. You know, but right now, let's face it, things get really complicated. It's stressful, and life gets complicated. And we always think when things settle down, well, then I'll, I'll take time and I'll do this. And, you know, when things aren't so busy with the kids, I'll stop and I'll take time and do that. But, you know, the reality is, I was thinking when Tim and I first got married, we were trying to figure out how to do the married thing. Going to the grocery store was stressful. I didn't even know what to cook. <laughs> we were going, what do you eat? I don't know, what do you eat? You know, then we had the girls, and we moved overseas, and it was just Tim and I. And there was no one else to help. It was just the two of us. And then life was stressful. It was stressful. And then we came to the States and the girls got involved in all these different activities. And you know, you're roadrunner. You are roadrunner, taxi extraordinaire. You're going here, you're going there. And they never had things at the same time. They were always different times, different places. You know, and then uh, we, praise God, we got saved. We joined a church and then we were serving in the church. And life was stressful. The girls were in college. We're trying to teach them how to be young adults and how to function in life and trying to guide and lead them through the things that we're doing. Life is stressful. And then we planted a church. Things don't settle down. So I'm trying to tell you, don't wait. Life doesn't settle down. I bet if I asked you, are things more stressful now than they've ever been in your life? I think most of you would say, yeah, they're stressful in our lives. Things aren't settling down. It gets more stressful every year. But here's the great news. I get to choose to live for my values. You can choose to live for your values. So that's a choice I make every day when I ask why. Why am I doing this? Does it line up with my values? See, but sometimes I have to admit life gets really complicated. And it's stressful. And I've got so many things that I need to do. I can't write down 10 of them. I can't even prioritize 10. And as you... My, my partner and my husband will attest to I'm the list maker. So, <laughs> you know, 
And, I, and, and there's so many things I can't even write them down. I can't write down two, but um, Matthew 6.33 helps me remember. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So the Buckrow translation for that is, put God first. Oh, go ahead and laugh. It's okay. Put God first. You know, when we put God first, he takes care of the rest. See, sometimes we think, I'm too busy. You're too busy not to put God first. It, you, you must put God first. That's what he tells us to do. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. That's his promise. You know, I, I heard uh, this pastor talk about um, what his dad had told him, a way to measure if we're putting God first. And that's on the other side of your handout. And I thought these were really good points. Give God the first day of the week. That's what we're doing here today. We're giving him the first day of the week, and God is going to expand the rest of your day, your rest of your week. He's going to expand your time. I don't know how he does it, but he does. The next one is give God the first part of your day. Give him, that's what I'm saying, give him five 10, 15 minutes, praying with him, worshiping him, as Pastor Buddy talks about, reading his word. And he's going to expand the rest of your day. He's going to expand your energy. He's going to give you all that you need. He's going to help you prioritize all of those things that you need to do. And he's going to help you put aside the ones that really don't line up with your values. The next one is give God the first portion of your income. And we give God the tithe to show that he's first in our life, that he's, he takes priority. And the truth is, it all belongs to him, and he just lets me borrow it. So that's my way to say, Lord, you're first in my life. And the last one is give God the first consideration in every decision. Don't make a decision and then ask him to bless it. It doesn't really work that well. So you're laughing because you've done it, so have I. <laughs> you know, you think, how did I get in this place? You know, ask God, not just the big things, ask him even the little things. When you're going to work, Lord, help me prioritize my day. Help me to put the things that I need, help me to accomplish the things that I need to do today. You know, nothing is too small or too great for him. See, and these are great ways that we can see if we're putting God first. And the truth is, sometimes I think I'm doing a really good job, but then when I look at it, compared to this, nah, there's some areas that I can really make some adjustments in. And again, this helps us to recalibrate our values and our time. But not only do we need to see the beauty in connection, and that's connecting with our Heavenly Father, we need to recognize the benefits of connection. See, in Luke 10, 42, Mary, remember it said, Mary has chosen what is better. See, there are benefits to our connecting. Just like Pastor Buddy talked about, there's benefits to connecting here at our small group. On Tuesday night, there are connections in relationships. Connections bring us health. See, Martha was anxious and worried. Remember in that scripture it talked about she was anxious and worried about many things. She was stressed out. And we all know that being stressed out is unhealthy. It's not good for our bodies. See, connection isn't something that's nice to have. It's something that we can't live without. And a lot of times we say, we're too busy, I don't have time. And you wonder why you're feeling out of balance and things just aren't going right in your relationships. Because remember, they're one of the first things to suffer. 
And not only is it a benefit for our health, it's a benefit for our growth, especially our spiritual growth. Colossians 2.19 says, For we are joined together in his body by his strong sinews, and we grow only as we get our nourishment and strength from God. So why does the body use, uh, why does the Bible use the body as an illustration of the church? Think of a baby. The baby grows all together all at the same time. You don't have an arm that keeps on growing and the rest of the baby stays the same size. The baby grows together proportionately. And if a body part is disconnected from the body, it can no longer grow. And also, if we're disconnected from the body of Christ, we don't grow either. So it's better for our health, our growth, and our effectiveness. We also need to remember the body of connection. Luke 10, 39 says, Mary sat before the master, hanging on his every word, every word he said, but Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. See, Ephesians 4, 25 says, in the body of Christ, we are connected to each other. See, like Martha, some of us have been pulled away. We've been pulled away from our values. We've been pulled away from the things that are most important because we've been doing the urgent. I want you to hear that. We've been pulled away from the things that are most important because we've been doing the urgent. See, some of us have been pulled away from God, and it's time to come home. If you can think of a time that you were closer with the Lord than you are right now, then you've been pulled away. Some of us have been pulled away from the church, and it's time to reconnect with the body of Christ. Some of us have been pulled away from our values. We've been pulled away from the things that really matter the most to us. Our relationships, you know, causing those stress fractures, those emotional wrecks. See, Mary sat at the Lord's feet and she listened. And she was able to actually touch the Lord. What if we could touch the Lord? What if we could touch the body of Christ? In the New Testament, there was a woman who had been sick for many years, and she had gone to see the doctors, and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. And um, she just thought, if I can touch the hem of Jesus' garment, I'll I'll be whole, I'll be well. And she did, and she was. So the reality is some of us need to be healed today. We need to be healed emotionally. We need to be healed spiritually and some even physically. So what if you could touch the body of Christ? What if you could do that today? Well, just like Mary, we can connect with the God who created us. We can connect with the body of Christ because the body of Christ is the church and the church isn't a building, it's each one of us. You know, and and I don't know about you, but I'm tired of living in the values vacuum. You know, I don't want my relationships to be fragile and and brittle and have one thing come in my life and think that that's the problem. That's the one thing that's causing my problem at work, my problem in my marriage, my problem with my children. But the truth is, I've just been living in that values vacuum. And that one thing just shattered, just shattered my already fragile relationship. You know, or my emotions, just like that balloon, they're empty and deflated and I have nothing left to give to those that I love those that mean the most to me, those relationships that mean the most to me. So today, as we close, 
You know, and, and uh, we, can, we can and we are going to touch the body of Christ. So um, as we close, I'd like for you to reach out your hand to the person next to you as we pray because we are the body of Christ and we're going to touch the body of Christ right now and we're going to pray. Oh, Lord, thank you so much oh, that you are such a great God and you delight in us being whole and well. Oh, Lord God, that we are touching your body and we are all connected to your body. We are one in you and you are in us. And as we touch your body, Lord, I pray for healing. I pray for healing for those whose emotions are at their end, who are stressed out, who are overwhelmed, who uh, the love and the, the joy of life has just, um, just been squashed out of them. Lord, I, I pray healing for those spiritually, a Lord who have just, uh, you know, been overwhelmed with life and who have just stepped away from you. Lord, I, I just pray for spiritual healing for them and for those who are suffering or know of someone who is suffering from physical healing. Lord, we lift them up to you. We pray for physical healing. Lord, that you would bring healing to this place. Lord, help us align our values and our time so that we do the things that really matter in life. The one thing that's needed is our relationships. And Lord, I just pray that you would impress upon our heart those relationships right now. You, you know where each one of us is. Lord, those relationships in our life that, um, that aren't what they need to be. Uh, Father, I just pray that you would, be, you would just show us who that is, who they are. Father, and help us to, uh, to work on those relationships, to, to bring them to you and, and really focus our time and our values Lord, I pray for anyone here who does not have a relationship with you today, that they would connect with you, that they would say, Jesus, come into my heart, be the Lord of my life, forgive me of my sins. Lord, I ask you today that you would rule and you would reign. You know, and that's, that's the greatest connection that we can ever have with our Savior. Lord, if that's your prayer today, we rejoice with you. And for everyone else here, I pray that you would help us connect our values and that you would heal our lives. Uh, Father, I just lift up each one here, and I thank you for each one here. I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that uh, you know it would, it, we would just drink that in and, and we would live that. We would live out our values, that it would be a choice that we would make every day, that we would put first things first, that we would seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. Lord, that we would find the beauty and the relationships that you've put around us and that our values and our time would connect. Lord, help us to, to stop the collisions and help us to connect our time and our values, the most precious things in our life, our connection with you and our connection with those around us that you've placed in our lives. Lord, beautiful roses, beautiful gifts. Um, Father, and, and I just thank you for each one here. And uh, just uh, thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen.